0: This month on a geography of colour I'm talking with painter Mallory Page about her relationship with colour. Mallory Page is a contemporary American painter based in New Orleans. She makes large-scale thinly layered abstract paintings that employ multiple layers of monochromatic hues of acrylic wash. Her interests lie in the study of the psyche, dreams and the subconscious. She often tethers psychic sensations or observations to build work about creating deeper interactions with the sublime. Mallory's work is a sophisticated study in perception, exploring how measured changes in colour and light can affect shifts in visual understanding. Rendered on an imposing scale, her compositions become enveloping environments of their own. Mallory was raised in Lafayette, Louisiana, a region with a vibrant, often mystical, cultural and distinctive geographical landscape. Her work subtly and abstractly engages with this heritage, as well as the questions that arise from self awareness concerning the position of an independent woman and artist within a more traditional social terrain. Mallory's practice is also informed by the legacies of first and second generation abstract expressionists such as Agnes Martin, Helen Frankenthaler, and Georgia O'Keeffe, who explored similar questions of space, place, identity and the subconscious through abstraction, repetition, and process. She holds a degree in design from Louisiana State University and is currently a candidate for a master's in fine art from the Art Institute of Chicago. Hello, Mallory. It's really nice to be with you today, even though it's by Zoom.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm really grateful that you reached out. I always love being able to speak about Well, actually, I feel like I'm always practising speaking about my work and practice. Um, It's a constant evolution of learning, in a way, for me.
0: I did uh, notice that you come from a background of design, so that presumably has had an impact on your painting as well.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So I was wondering if you'd just like to say something about how your practice has developed, and in particular looking at your relationship with color
1: okay um i think uh, my, a lot of my work is fairly monochromatic so um it's impossible not to see color and what i do and what I, how i'm working um i think it's mostly influential i allow it to come through in a more um organic or through the subconscious i think i i tether um I think the practice begins to kind of tether color with um, not necessarily emotional experience, but maybe the way. um, Trying to get the wording right for this. It's tethered to color and the feeling of the atmospheres and like, almost like the vapors of color um, when I'm working in, and the and the work is like several wash. I mean it's continuous washes of color as well. so it's all about how they kind of build and vibrate against one another.
0: Are the washes more intense or that you change you change the color um gradually mm-hmm. as you're working on mm-hmm. top of each layer?
1: yes, it's gradually and it's very thin, um almost like what I work in acrylic and they're thinly, they're washes almost that kind of create these like veils. And I think that's kind of what I mean when I'm going for, um, like it's, um, I use color as more atmospheric than as like, you're going through several layers of it. Even like, even if like a, a painting looks like it's one solid monochromatic color, it's actually several different layers and several different, um, Almost like you're walking through something. Yeah. Like there's, um, and I use. I, I really do think that color is what I use to build those um, kind of layer esque environments.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're quite. They they. I haven't seen one in the flesh yet, but I'm looking forward to it. But <laughs> uh, um, they feel very immersive. They're large scale, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are. Traditionally typically um i i like working within a scale that is all encompassing of my body and i'm quite tall so a lot of them are 60 inches plus typically
0: yeah so that has quite a an immersive effect on the on the viewer yes so when you you're talking about color and atmosphere how do you go about choosing the colors
1: um they I think they, they come, they, they really do come to me. I think I'm really interested in, um, how color affects the psyche. And I think, I don't know, it's like s- suddenly I'll just be, um, it's almost like a psychic need or it's like something that comes, um, based on what I'm mm, I'm trying to think of the right word um they co- they come through kind of organically and almost through in like a dreamlike subconscious kind of undercurrent where all of a sudden i'll just like art in a weird way like to explain it like i'll be around if i'm around someone for a really long time and i can feel kind of like a color energy that's coming off of them i'll suddenly pick up that color um it's a very kind of bizarre It's hard to explain it's all very subjective but um it sounds um, like you're
0: getting in touch with uh an internal element of you as you say a unconscious subconscious level yes
1: i'm much more constantly in that um headspace and trying to like connect with that and so it's hard for me to explain where color like directly comes from because it's not all that influenced by a lot on the exterior sometimes um a lot of it comes from natural nature and like the natural phenomenon i'm really interested in like again though it's like how we reflect the exterior natural and the interior natural Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where the color influence just it it just pops up you know like it's hard to um and I like I've worked like that for years, not really knowing or understanding where that desire to come in. But when one color comes up, it kind of stays for a while. It like stays until it's ready, until it's kind of like exhausted its presence, and then it. And then I'll be influenced or inspired by another thing and ready to jump like right into the next. Um, I try to let it just kind of be as flowing in the subconscious as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah I noticed that you like you work in series and so that you can explore a, a color and you tend to through a series.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, I'm trying I've, later in my practice now I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more where I'm um mixing a little bit, mixing different colors into like a same monochromatic tone, which I feel like is adding this new depth to my work that I'm really, um, excited about, but for the most part, it's still all will retain this, like, kind of, it's like one idea. Um, and that idea is typically, it's not about color, but it's heavily, the color ends up being what is most heavily influenced. I think in the viewer too, like, I think it's impossible for, a viewer not to only see color, but it's not technic that's not the technicality I'm going for when I'm
0: no. There seems to be a lot you create a lot of space in your work as well. It has kind of quite an architectural feel as if you can walk mm-hmm. into your work. And the other thing that strikes me is the light. You know, there's a real sense of light that helps with that feeling of being able to dive in.
1: I think the architecturals part comes from always wanting to build worlds. I think um, whether I'm, I, I never ever actually ended up using my design practice. Um, I graduated from college and went straight into painting cause I just felt like it was where I really wanted to be. But I think that that environmental aspect is um, my way of building. It's like, art, that's my architecture. Like that's me building these I really love the idea of building space and building space that is um, maybe not so like what we consider like known human space, but maybe just like in a different, um, it's uh, the ability to like inhabit, um, I don't know, subworlds or kind Mm -hmm. of like the unknown or um, a sense of otherness than what we see in our. Visual frame,
0: yeah, and there's kind of um well, it's it, I I can see what you mean about this kind of other. It's a bit otherworldly that you can just enter that space. Maybe like you could enter an installation space, you know, with light. Yes. I'm thinking of yes. James Burrell. Are there any artists that have been important to you in terms of color and developing your work?
1: Oh, wow. Um, You know, it's so interesting. So many different artists come up and the ones that have been the most influential have been um, more in the writing side or more in the um, psychological space. Like I've I've always been incredibly fascinated with Agnes Martin, who, you know, her work and my work Like there is not even, I don't, you wouldn't even physically see a connection there. Um, But it is finding, it's working in that subconscious space. Um, I'd like to say I was influenced by colorists, but I don't know. It really starts in the mind space for me first. Yeah. Um, Like I, I love literature and the writings of like, um, Kate Chopin, who spent a lot of time, you know, like a lot of it's like the regional for me as well. Um, who spent a lot of time in Louisiana and wrote um, about Creole society in the eighteen hundred or like late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. And there's, um, I don't know, I love Adrienne Rich. Like all any kind of poetry really yeah. influences. I kind of lean toward that and visually, um, I like any paintings that are really invested in light and really invested in, um, capturing light in any kind of way. Um, whether it's like a landscape or an abstract piece or even something that's like made of resin and you can see like, kind of like that light transferring through, um, someone like, you know, like Rachel, Rachel White-Red. I think that the way she works with resin and light and space is really um, intriguing to me as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting parallel. Do you always see your paintings together or, you know, do you sometimes exhibit them like individually? I, I was thinking when I've seen them, they often create an environment
1: Yes. And for a long time, I was really working in um, creating works that kind of surrounded, surrounded the viewer when they were engaged in an exhibition. But the longer I've gone and observed my work, I actually have started to find that I really love them individually. And I almost wish that I could, when I'm showing someone that's never seen my work, just show one piece that if at a time um because everything that is there in that bigger exhibition space is exists in the one painting and it actually i'm also learning it actually doesn't have to be this giant thing um a portal can open up in a really small work as well so i'm i've gotten a lot more invest like i think i'm more interested in um Like, does this one piece, like, how does this one particular painting strike? And it's going to be different for any viewer because, you know how, like, you're walking through a museum or you're Mm -hmm. walking through a gallery and it's usually, like, one piece that just pulls you in. Um, I'm really invested in that kind of, what um, what does a viewer... Like, how does this fill a psychic need for them? Like, what are, you know, they're gravitated to it for one reason or another, whether it has to do with color or what they're like, is it, is it the way the light is passing through a work or whatnot? Um, But that is this any one thing, item, object, piece, painting, able to fulfill something that they need whether it heals them or makes them think a thought that sends them on, mm. you know, like in a in an upward or downward spiral. <laughs> sort of
0: abstract painting has that ability with little there really, I think.
1: Yes. It leaves I agree.
0: Room, room for people to make the connections themselves.
1: And that's what I, I would, I don't, I don't want to tell people how to feel. I want them to gravitate to what they need and then that's their, you know, what they take from that is their own path. And I think that's, what's really, I'm just trying to make sure that each piece is doing that rather than like focusing on this, like parade of the whole being, um, cause at the end of the road, like, they're most likely going to have to stand individually. And I want every work to have an individual asset to itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so um, from what you've said about colour, it sounds very personal and then internal as much as external. So does that mean there's not much place for colour theory in your Color.
1: I know when I read your when I read the, you know, beginning questions and you're asking about theory, um, I'm it's in there, you know, like I've grown up with color theory. It's in it's ingrained. It's like not it's not not there, but it's not what I'm pulling from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely there. I mean, it's probably so there I don't even realise it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it definitely isn't the first place that my mind goes.
0: And I wondered whether there are any colours that you are kind of drawn to work with or whether you've spoken (laughs) about the natural world. Um, You know, uh, I, I don't really want to influence what you're going to say, but I just wondered whether the things that you see yourself kind of returning to or, it's, or-
1: I find the colors to be very cyclical mm-hmm. I'm just now getting to the point where I've been painting for 15 years and I've been able to really observe um like I have this kind of like 10 year circuit that re- is repeating itself and then I think there a lot of the colors are repetitive. I think that um I do have favorites. I have certain colors are easier to work with. They produce work some colors are just like they flow out of me and it's great and then there's other ones that I um consistent like it, I I know going into it that if I'm feeling that it's going to be a lot more work. They're going to take a lot more mm-hmm. space and energy and I don't know why they do that. Um, I don't know if some are just more natural or easier or Mm -hmm. if, um, I don't know, some of them end up overworking themselves and then you have to start all over. And then um, some of them just like, like blue just flies through me. I mean, it, it's so natural. It's, I think I'm such a child of the sky and ocean that it just is like, the most like impulsive natural instinct. So um, that's one that I kind of return to quite a bit. I think the greens, I, I think the, inf- I'm trying to find newer influences of color um, and light and how light reflects color. And so that's, that's become pretty influential. Um, like uh, atmosphere, I get more people, I have more people, and I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. They send, um, I have more people send me images of the sky that like at different times of day than I care to admit, um, <laughs> you know, saying, oh, I'm, you know, I, I see a painting of yours in this or that. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there is a relation to atmosphere in that influence. Mm-hmm and i think people naturally kind of pick up on that um
0: yeah i was thinking about practically when you're working do you use mediums with your acrylic or um your- i
1: do um and i'm I, i'm in a process right now um where i'm 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 actually playing with i'm really invested in um surface quality and making I'm, I'm like, I'm actually currently seeking this, um, particular surface quality. So right now I am going through a ton of mediums trying to, I'm this is like maybe more than I should divulge, but just that continued experimentation to get the surface quality exactly where I want it to be. Um, I, it might take me 15 more years. I don't, I don't know, but um I do. I love um I like uh I work with acrylic paints. Um I love obviously golden is one of my favorite paints, but I do also mix quite a bit of paint because I am sampling binders right now to try and get the aesthetic and I've lo- I'm learning that that is um I don't know. I I started working in ceramics about a year ago. And in doing that, I really began to experiment with medium in a different way. And in a like, what can be what, and making your own glazes um, has been a whole other trajectory that has nothing to do with this this interview, other than it has really made me become so much more explorative about medium and what goes into paint and what goes below paint and what, you know, um, uh, that's like, it's like, what is the base of your painting and how I think I've started to experiment more with adding a lot more gesso Mm. and how um, it absorbs and what light absorbs along with that. So it's an ongoing process. I mean, I think even when you think you have it, it's just kind of like, ask you to keep going and trying something else um
0: absolutely I think um I, th- I mean that's what probably keeps us all engaged really isn't it uh yes we're always searching for I don't know just a, a, di- a slightly different way of um working or you know a different uh surface quality or you know something maybe coming up from the ground it seems that you work from quite a light ground to let all your colors work on top of each other. Um,
1: yes, I, definitely on a lighter ground because that is the light ground is where the light, those like beams of light can kind of, that's where they come from.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wondered if you'd like to tell us maybe about a series that you've done. Um, it can be any series, but I was, I noticed your, Sub Rosa series. Um, okay.
1: Um, Sub Rosa was painted um within the weeks after my son was born. And that was um also in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so um he was born in this kind of um really secretive context, it felt like we went into lockdown. Uh a week after we had started telling people that we were having our first child. Mm-hmm. And so he really existed as this kind of secret. And um, I loved the terminology of sub Rosa because it was like this um, under the, under the rose was a kind of ancient symbol of secrecy. And so that kind of like it began this conversation of not only this like physical child, but the metaphysical experience I was having in becoming a mother and in really starting to understand sub is an interesting one to reference because, um, it was really the body of work that I began to understand the subconscious and how heavily it was influencing my work. I think I was pained, you know, I've, I had painted as abstract for a really long time, trying to understand it. And, you know, they want, I think <laughs> it's weird being an abstract painter because everyone wants you to explain it. And I, for the first 10 years, I, I, I was completely at a loss for words. I would not, I would barely even take an interview because how do you really go into understanding and explaining abstraction? And I had an experience in, um, within these like early phases, it's early days of motherhood where I had this dream that I had written down and i had forgotten about it. And over the course of me finishing these paintings wrecked, turned around and recognized that I had painted unknowingly, i had completely painted this like really bizarre, like motherhood kind of dream. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really where, Sub Rosa is really where I began to explore that and to explore like, where is, what's going on here in this like median world, in this median space. And that's when um, it kind of all really really clicked and um so that that work I I couldn't really tell you why they all ended up being like a rose color I think maybe I just kind of leaned into um I I was really so when I kind of like got on this like sub rosa kick I was really into having like rose scented things around the house and I had rose I like love medium like anything that can like be ground up and just experimented with. I'm really fascinated with it and so I I had ordered um some ground rose petals. Yeah. And so I think I think that the show ended up like taking on kind of that ground like the rose not a rose petal but like what it becomes like like in transition of like you know like you've bloomed, you've done all this growth and then um what are the what are the uses of it after that like peak bloom mm-hmm. and so that's where rose i think i was like heavily influenced long story short yeah. i think i was heavily the color there was heavily influenced by that kind of powdery um, pinky purple tone
0: and it sounds quite symbolic as well doesn't it sort of that blooming and um the life cycle of a rose i
1: suppose i'm actually really interested in like the transition spaces of life and death and things running parallel and um i don't know i'm also really interested in like what can be paint what can be ground what can be um now i'm like what can turn into glaze you know it's I'm always throwing bizarre mediums into the process too.
0: And Do you make any of your own paints, you know, like uh, with pigments or? um, I do,
1: I do, I am mixing, um, yes, Um, I work with these like heavily pigmented um, emulsions, I guess they would call them, and then mix them with like different grounds and whatnot, and then I'll throw in um not anything that affects the actual paint but almost like kind of like ritualistic um finally you know like I like I I weave in like things like um first tr- water from first trips to the ocean or mm. you know like it's subtle or rain I collect a lot of rainwater. I collect a lot of like I really love it when, I don't love it when we have hurricanes in the South, where in New Orleans where I'm, I live. Um, but I do collect water from hurricanes on time from time to time. Oh. Um, it's all maybe a little bit more metaphysical, but it's all part of the medium in the process too.
0: That's really interesting. I think I'd read that you've moved studio not too long ago is that
1: right um within the last 6 years yes
0: yeah,
1: yeah. um that- i had worked in, in new orleans in this like mo- in the most amazing i had the most amazing first studio i think you could have as a young painter and it was in um the cbd in new orleans and in the last 10 years the area has changed almost dramatically i mean it's um it was like it was kind of like no man's land when I started working there and now it's like, it's just changed. And I felt like I was getting to a place where I didn't want as much, um, the ability to have as much traffic. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know, easy parking to silly things like that. Um, so I moved my studio out outside of new Orleans actually, um, and have been kind of working and, um, a home that we I bought because I just loved the environment. Honestly, it's like um, an all glass house. It was a 1960s modern home. Mm-hmm. And again, that's like my obsession with space and light and architecture kind of comes in and plays in every way to how I'm working. And um, over time, it was kind of meant to be just like my studio. And over time, like pandemic, whatnot, we ended up living in the house. So I, and it's worked out really wonderfully because I have a two and a half year old at home and I work from home most of the time now, yeah, yeah. which is good because I, I, I feel like I was looking for that space to be able to juggle motherhood and be incredibly present while also being incredibly present in my work too yeah it sounds like a good a good combination definitely it works out it just works out somehow or another
0: yeah. yeah and I think it's also interesting what you said about the ceramics um I used to make ceramics too and I do remember that kind of fascination with glazes and colors um because of the firing and that they would change color so you're always having to kind of um well it's that alchemy that we have in painting but you have it in ceramics with the heat and the-
1: right right oh my gosh the heat it's a whole other element which is fun
0: so what projects are you working on at the moment
1: well um i'm actually currently i'm getting my mfa right now i'm in grad school so i'm writing a lot of papers right it feels like i'm doing a lot more writing than painting but i I'm working on um, a ceramic installation that I'm really, I'm trying to incorporate um, vessels with technology. And so I'm kind of like taking a whole like trajectory away from painting, although I continue to paint regularly. Um, My fascinations with building and ceramics and that idea of building worlds is something that um, I'm kind of for the first time really leaning into and taking a little bit more of a risk in from beyond just painting, and um, I'm excited. There still there will still be like the atmospheric, yeah, environmental yeah. kind of persona to the work, um, but in a vessel setting, but without objects in the setting, so. Um, it's kind of a departure. I'm being pushed into like growing in different ways. And yeah. um it's been really fun. It's not um it's not good to do the same thing forever over and over again.
0: And yeah. Yeah. and I'm sure um, it will feed back into your painting, won't it? Your it-
1: it already has like it for a long time I was going down this road going oh my god am I not painting anymore and the more I did that the more these like giant paintings kept coming up in my brain it's like oh no that's never leaving that's there for good yeah. um, like the more I like try to step out and away from it the more it just kind of pulls you back in so they definitely inform and feed one another it's um it's a long-term long-term love affair i think with painting it doesn't go away
0: no. <laughs> absolutely not so how uh, when do you finish your mfa i have
1: two more years oh right yeah
0: so it's, yeah. it's like early days yeah really
1: <laughs> i've i've made it through three semesters which i think is pretty good yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah no it's, it sounds exciting i think yeah and um, so yeah. just coming back to colour in painting um it's sure. been it's been fascinating um to hear you talk about it and i also i'm really interested in this idea of the subconscious um mixing with the kind of conscious world um yeah. i wondered if there were any colours like colour as memory whether that plays a part in in your vocabulary of color or
1: I think it absolutely does um when I think of color as memory and I think of childhood the only color that I that continuously comes up which is interesting because I don't work I've actually not really worked a lot in this color and I see it behind you in your studio um the red like a red comes up I think I have a lot of memory actually about learning about color as a child. Um, I can remember, I can remember the conversation. I can remember having a conversation with my mother about, like, when I first learned what pink was and why pink wasn't red. So I think it's simple things like that as far as memory goes. But I, I actually don't know that it influences painting i think memory definitely influences work but i don't know that color is attached to that but that's just me (laughs) don't um it's you know and it's it's kind of deceiving because my work is so color centric um but it's not always what is the priority I need to maybe investigate that a little bit more actually. Cuz it's so it it's definitely influential. I don't think of memory as color. I do wonder where that comes from. Mm. If it's not memory or I'll have to think more on that actually.
0: It's interesting when you 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 said about, you know, that how poetry and and sort of writer's work is perhaps more influential than anything else mm-hmm.
1: so but like, how uh, color pl- how color plays into that something i it just comes so naturally that I don't i I don't know that it comes from a space that I can actually explain or maybe it's not meant maybe it's not meant to have
0: no, it might not be from that the sort of the thinking brain it might be. Um, a right-hand-sided brain, a kind of more unconscious use of colour.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I think it kind of, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been um, really interesting to talk with you and hear a bit more about your paintings. Um, Thanks very much
1: for um, agreeing to do the interview. Um, Of course. Of course. Thank you for... Um, thinking of my work and reaching out and it's always nice to meet someone new and talk about process and practice.
0: Thanks to Mallory for such a fascinating insight into her relationship to colour. I'd also like to thank Stuart Bowditch for editing the podcast, Arts Council England for supporting it through a Develop Your Creative Practice grant and Contemporary British Painting, an artist-led organisation that I'm a member of, for helping to publicise it. Thank you for listening. A Geography of Colour is a monthly podcast with a new painter each month talking about their relationship with colour. Do follow it in your podcast player and share it with your friends. You can follow A Geography of Colour and Mallory Page on Instagram and also Contemporary British Painting at Paint Britain there. Sign up to their newsletter to receive more information links to this podcast can be found in SoundCloud.